Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. If you got your Bibles, uh, turn to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 15. The question I get asked most is, how much longer are we going to be in John? So uh, just know I'm aware that I don't want to be preaching the resurrection one Sunday in December and Jesus' birth the next Sunday. So uh, we're getting through this expeditiously. We'll be, we, won't, we won't be too much longer in the Gospel of John. So uh, the setting of the passage that we are reading is Jesus' final Passover meal, okay? Now, i got to take you back because this is John 15. But the setting of John 15, we got to remember what, what was happening. So it's Thursday of the final week of Jesus' life. It's Thursday night, okay? He's already had the Passover meal. He's already washed their feet. He's already... Uh, given the bread to Judas, and Judas has indicated betrayal. Uh, he's already told everyone about Peter, their leader, the leader who would deny him within a few hours, not just once, but three times, okay? So this passage comes after that. Now remember, he, he all of this is going on in his life, the weight of his imminent crucifixion must have been, you know, upon his shoulders, uh, and and there must have been some turmoil, or you, it would be understandably upset if you were one of the disciples. So he followed up after that very intense kind of Passover meal or part of that meal. If you'll remember, he he addressed them a little bit later and said, "Don't let your hearts be troubled." That was last week. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. My father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to come back and receive you under myself. All right? So the first thing he did, he just reminded them, hey, everything about me is not in this life. There's a life to come. There's a heaven to gain. There's a life to come. He reminded them, look down the road just a little bit. Don't think that everything that I do is or what's going on is right here. Think about heaven. He reminded them of that. And then he reminded them heaven is in the future. Then he reminded them about the Holy Spirit that he's giving to the church right now. And he reminded them about peace. You don't have to walk, you know, with a troubled heart that you can go in difficult times. You can have peace. So he started comforting them with John, you know, John 14. All right. Now, uh, now he moves to 15. Okay, or he continues kind of this thought. Now, let me remind you too, and I, and I didn't really, haven't really noticed it just in Bible reading, but maybe just through this time I've noticed this, how Jesus uses illustrations to communicate to us about the kingdom of God. He started in John chapter 1 using light and darkness as a way to illustrate the gospel. John chapter 3, he used the birth, a natural birth, to explain, you know, salvation. You've got to be born again. John chapter 4, he used thirst and water uh, and living water. If you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. So he's using kind of common illustrations to illustrate the gospel. John chapter 10, he used sheep and shepherd and thieves as a way to illustrate the gospel. Now we see him in John 15... He's using another illustration to explain to us the kingdom of God. He's using vines and branches and fruitfulness as a way to explain the kingdom of God. So let's look at John 15 this morning. He says, uh, okay, I'll read it first. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. 
While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. All right? Now, you've heard this passage. You've read it many times. But sometimes, most of the time, we pull it out of the context that it was given in. And I just want to remind you, this is given right on the back end of the Passover meal. Okay? This is... So what's the... Man, what's the purpose of this teaching in, in, this, in this time? So here's my, uh, here's my thought, because it kind of seems odd fit for the intensity of the moment with the Passover and the crucifixion just a few hours away, but I think there's a reason. I think they're still processing what just happened an hour or so, a few hours before with Judas, whom they were surprised when he was the betrayer. They had no idea, and all of a sudden he's gone. Then they announce, he announces the denial of Peter, and I think the Lord is using this in this context just to kind of help them have some understanding of, you know, fruitfulness and, and uh, not bearing fruit. So I think he's trying to maybe bring some understanding to them for what just happened. So I just read you where he says, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit, and he prunes every branch to bear more fruit. So let's look at the illustration that Jesus gave. Let's put us put ourselves, you know, in the, you know, in the seat of the, the owner of the, the vineyard. Okay, so let's look at this illustration. All right, the owner of the vineyard bought the land to plant a vineyard to provide for his family, okay? That, that's what he did. This wasn't some random vine growing in the, you know, uh, in the forest. This wasn't kind of a supplemental garden. You know how some of you, you've got a few little tomatoes and beans and things like that that you enjoy, but, and if it, if it's, if it grows, that's fine, but if it doesn't, it's kind of, non-essential, you can still eat, you know, as well. This is, you know, this is not that. This is a, a man that has bought a vineyard. It's part of the plan and the purpose of the vineyard owner to produce fruit and to make a living off this fruit. It's a working vineyard, and the vine and the economic vitality of the entire vineyard, this vine, is important to make the numbers work for this man to be able to make a living. So he buys the property. He puts, you know, he wants to have a vineyard. So at the right time, he puts seed in the ground. There's a time that he doesn't because it's not the right time. Then there's a time that he does. He puts the seed in the ground. He waters it. He is patient. He sees the vine starting to come up. You know, he's nurturing it, he's caring for it. All of a sudden, wow, you know, the, the seed comes up and, and the, the vines, you know, sprout. And, and after a while, you know, you've got, you got grapes. You see, his ultimate goal was the continual harvest of grapes. Okay, that's his goal for a vineyard. That's, that's, the, that's the goal. Grapes were a valuable produce, all right? You could eat them with a meal, but they really bought it to just kind of be sold and, and to make wine. So his ultimate goal was a continual harvest of grapes. And it seems to indicate from this passage that that was somewhat successful over a period of time. There were vines that were producing grapes and all is good. But one day he looks up and there is a section of the vine that is not producing fruit. Hmm. This whole, whole part of a branch, there's a big section that's not producing fruit. It's happening over a period of time. The owner of the vineyard made the decision to cut off the branches that had not been producing fruit. Got a little image there of kind of a, a vine that's it's not necessarily you can see it's not it's not producing fruit branches that have been fruitful over the years are not fruitful he had been patient but the owner 
of the vineyard needs fruit in order for this to be able to work. It's costing him money. Grapes are money. Branches without grapes are a potential uh, uh, loss of potential earnings. So the thought is, maybe I just cut this whole section out and maybe something later, something can grow in it that will produce fruit. So the owner of the vineyard made the decision to cut off branches that had not been producing fruit. He makes that decision, okay? So, all right, he needs this to grow. He's dependent upon this. So, as a, you know, those of you that have little little gardens or whatever, do you agree or disagree with the decision of the vineyard owner? Do you agree or disagree? Is this good? Is this good kind of business? Is this good thinking as far as the garden? If you're dependent on it, I'm just going to cut it out and hope that something will grow in its place later, all right? Let's just make a spiritual application out of that. We'll come back to that. See, some people over the course of their spiritual life, they're kind of like this vineyard. They're producing fruit and then they're doing well, and then for whatever reason, there is less and less fruit that's being born, and then there's a time that there is no fruit at all, all right? I want to just say something here. We, we need to pay careful attention to our spiritual lives, especially in the day and age that we live, all right? For any, any people of God who are asleep at this moment that we live, wow, man, you need to pay careful attention to your spiritual life. We do that to our vocational life. We pay attention. We do it to our family life. We pay attention. We do it to our, you know, our health sometimes. We're committed to diets and gyms, and we pay attention to that. But when it comes to our spiritual lives sometimes, we try to exist on doing the absolute minimum that we can do and retain some kind of fruit. Okay? So here's a vine that was producing, and then all of a sudden, man, it's not producing anything. If we are not careful in this moment, stagnation, complacency, decay, and unfruitfulness can occur in our life, okay? Now, this is Jesus' illustration. I'm not making this up. This is a vine that was giving fruit, and then one day, for whatever reason, it stopped, See, there are people who were connected, but they're unfruitful, all right? They're connected, but they're unfruitful. What did Jesus say about people who are connected and unfruitful? It's not my words. It's not my words. He said, the branches were cut away. They used to have fruit, used to bear fruit, and for whatever reason now... They are not. Now, there are some people that will tell you about fruit they used to bear a long time ago. Man, back in the day, I was a fruit-bearing machine. I did this. I did this. I did this at the church. I did that. I want to tell you, if all your fruit is in the past, you may have a problem today. All right? If all the fruit you're bearing was years ago, if that's all the, all the story that you got right now, you need to pay careful attention to the teachings of Jesus. This vine was wasting space, nutrients, and future productivity. Okay? So what did the gardener do? He cut it away. This passage to people in the church, it should be a stern warning to everyone today. Uh, John chapter 15 is one of those that we need to pay attention to. It should, it should be a warning to us about unfruitfulness in our life. Now, so, you know, like, 
How long can you be unfruitful before the cutting comes? I know that's what some of you want to know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know your, your walk with God, your place with God. I don't know, but I'm just saying to everyone, we better take notice of this sweet little passage, of this sweet little story told in the moment of his Passover as there were disciples that were falling away and he's just reminding the other disciples, man, you better be bearing fruit, especially when it came to, when it came to Judas. Who removes the branches? God. Why did he remove the branches? Unfruitfulness of the vine. I just want to say this morning, listen, we, we need to pay attention to our spiritual lives and not just minimal effort, but what can we do to produce fruit that the, that the Lord would be pleased with in our lives? We just want to kind of get by. Well, I, I go to church and give a little money and... I have a heart for things. Well, I mean, that's fine. That, that's up to you. I'm not here to tell you what is and what is not fruitfulness, but I'm just telling you that decision of fruitfulness is, you know, that, that determination is not up to you nor me. That's up to the Lord. Eventually, he said, I've had it. The vineyard owner said, you know, it's just not doing anything. Let's just, let's just, let's just cut it off. So I'm just telling you, what do you think about that passage? When you read that passage, what do you see out of that? What are you thinking when it comes to, you know, unfaithfulness? Okay, so one thing he says is that he cuts those that are not producing fruit. Not my words, that's his words. And then he says, he talks about pruning. There's another image up there. He says, um, where's, my, where's my passage there? Um, while every branch that does bear fruit, he, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful, okay? So the pruning part of the vineyard is something else that the vineyard owner does as well. Part of pruning is cutting, okay? Part of pruning is cutting. Sometimes those that do vineyards, they prune branches because there's too many leaves or the branches are too long, or you know, there are too many branches, and when they look at it, it's not optimal for fruit. Remember, the vineyard owner, he's there not for how it looks. He needs, he needs to produce fruit, all right? So there are times, you know, that God chooses to prune our life, which the first part of that has to do with cutting, but I want to remind you of something this morning. When he is pruning you, it shows you that God thinks that you have potential for greater fruit and purpose in the kingdom of God. All right? So when he's pruning you, in actuality, that's a compliment to you. That he sees something in you that can be used in a greater way for the kingdom of God. But pruning is not encouragement. Pruning is cutting. And cutting is not fun. All right? Now listen, sometimes, anytime there's pain in our life, we deal with it because we always think it's Satan, don't we? We're rebuking everything. Man, we are letting the devil have it. We're getting our prayer chain together. We got our social media prayer chain. This is an attack. You don't know what's going on to me. And that may be sometimes, but sometimes it's the pruner's shear. Sometimes it's the pruner's shear. When you're going through times that you don't understand, it's the, it's the heavenly father looking down and going, wow. Man, just a little little, little uh, cut here and there, and there can be much more fruit that can come out of this person, you know, and, and much greater potential use for the kingdom of God. All right? So not everything that's happening sometimes is the enemy's attack. Sometimes it's the pruning shear of the heavenly father. Now, I just want to tell you, neither one of them are fun, okay? There, there's no fun in either one of them. But let me just say, it shows potential. It shows potential. He's going, hey, 
Because he said, you see fruit, you see fruit, but the, the owner's going to work with it so that there'll be more fruit, that there'll be more fruit. And I want to say, too, when, when there's pruning, sometimes it's for optimal fruit, but sometimes they, they prune because you can shape a certain way when you cut the branches back and you grow it a certain way. You ever seen a topiary before? They cut the branch back, and they, or, a, or a trellis, and they cut the branch back, and then as it grows, as it grows, it's being shaped for a certain design or a certain purpose. So there's a time that there's pruning in your life because God is shaping you differently now than you have been in the past. And what's happened is not some attack or some random thing that's going on. It's the pruning shears of a loving heavenly father that are working for you to produce more fruit and to shape you in a different way so that you can be used in a greater way for the kingdom of God. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. All right? I think it's verse 4. Now, I'm going to read this passage, the next part of this passage. And I want you to tell me how many times you see the phrase, remain in me. Remain in me. Okay? All right, so we're, we're continuing. He says, you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Now, I still keep walking out this illustration. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. All right. How many times remain in me? What'd you get? You got five? You got five? Okay. Good students there. Good students there. All right. So, you know, as a parent, when you repeat something over and over, you're trying to emphasize something, you're trying to get a point. So in five verses, he uses the term remain in me five times. So he's trying to illustrate something using the vine and the branch. Remain in me, he says. Stay connected to me. Staying connected to Jesus is not just staying connected to the church. You can be a part of the church and you can serve and not be connected to the vine, right? It can just become something public, which is what happened while Judas was walking out the door. At some point, he had disconnected from Jesus, and it all became public and showed. Remain in me. Stay connected to me. He wants relationship with you. He wants fellowship with you. So a fruitful life, that's what he's looking for, to bear fruit. He's looking for a fruitful life is to passionately love God, remaining in me or him, and purposely impacting your world, okay? So we're, we are uh, passionately loving God because this is about relationship, not just about duty and service. This is about, this is about relationship and then purposely impacting your world. Let's, let's look at that. Because your spiritual life is not based on how many verses you can quote, how much church attend, you know, how much you attend church, how much money you give to the church at all. It is about knowing and loving and staying connected to Jesus. That's it. That's it. It's a relationship with Him. Everything else is part of the fruit that is born that comes after that. So let's, let's just talk about passionately loving the Lord for a moment. 
I want to just take a moment. I want to talk to you about your devotional life. Okay, just devotions. If you're new, if you're kind of new to faith, let me just let me just kind of re- tell you what we're talking about here. It's just regular time set aside for Bible reading and prayer. Okay, that's that's how we connect to the Lord. That's just kind of how we. You know, how do we remain in him and his word remains in me? How does that happen? And, and part of that is just your, and this may sound old school, but it's just your devotional time. It's just your time throughout the week that you just, you know, that you just spend with God. But I want to say your devotional life will give you a fruitful life, okay? Your devotional life will give you a fruitful life. If there's nothing personal about your relationship with God, if it's only through the church or through other ministries, man, there's no way that that, you know, that your, your vine can bear fruit. It's about connecting with Jesus on a regular basis. So, man, we, I, I want to encourage you throughout the week, those of you, and I know some of your, you know, some of your devotional times, some of you are up early, you know, like 5 a.m. Sometimes you send me a text of something that God's spoken to you. Why don't you wait till 8 a.m. to do that? Okay? All right. All revelation doesn't have to be shared immediately. Okay? It'll last. Some people are in the morning. Some people are late at night. Some people, when they get their kids down, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We just want to spend time with Jesus throughout the week. Not because the pastor told you, but because we love Jesus and we want to find any opportunity that we can just to read a little scripture and maybe sing a worship song and read and pray for others. All right? So I just want to encourage you. We want to remain in him. If my word, he wants his word in us and our devotional time is important to that. And I want to say too, You've got to commit to a devotional time, okay? you just got to commit to it. You just, can't, you just can't go, well, if at the end of the day i got a little extra time, I'll do it. You'll never have a little extra time. But is that how you do things like when you want to go to the gym and be healthy? Well, if I have a little extra time at the end of the day, I'm going to go to the gym. Do you ever have any extra time? No. No. I, if I have a little extra money... At the end of the month, I'm going to be generous. Do you ever have any extra money? No. So at some point, you just got to go, you know what? Here are my times. I want to remain in him. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. And I want to tell you, this isn't about me. Don't don't you do that. Well, the pastor said, then you missed it. This is about how we love Jesus back and we spend time in his presence just a few times a week. And I want to tell you, if you miss a day, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. You're not, let me just speak for the gardener. You're not cut on day one. Can I just say that? Now, maybe day two. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just, I don't want you to be under condemnation, okay? This is about time that we spend with Jesus because we love him. How do we continue to have fruit on our, and live a fruitful life? It just comes from spending time with Jesus. A study of over 400,000 evangelical believers, there was a distinct change in behavior and spiritual fruit from those that had time with the Lord at least four times a week, all right? Now listen, what they did was they were just 400,000 believers. They were just going, hey, tell us about your devotional life. Just tell us what's going on. They asked these questions. And what they found was that people regularly that spent time with the Lord, they found that their sin issues were down greatly and their spiritual fruit was up greatly, okay? They called it the power of four. The power of four. I got a link online. I'll, I'll give you that link that you can read the, read the entire thing. So what they were just going, hey, we're not setting this as, you know, this is how you should do it. They're just going, we talked to a lot of people, and, we, and a lot of people noticed that after four times of a week of spending time with the Lord, that there was this great spiritual fruit that started to occur in their life. And, man, that, and, and they, just, they just stuck with that. So I just want to say, whether it's four, three, five, it doesn't matter to me, okay? Let's just find some time with Jesus throughout the week. Early, late, you know, 
short amount of time, long amount of time. You know, it, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But let's be faithful to our devotional time. We always send out a, um, a resource. We call it Fuel 15 at the first of every month. It's got a worship playlist that you can just play while you work, if you want to do that. It's just got devotional things in the Word, devotions, books, just anything that we can do to kind of kind of help you, maybe give you some ideas when it comes to your devotional time. So I just want to encourage the people of God and continue in your time with Jesus. I want to encourage you, maybe if that was a part of your life in the past, but it's not now, hey, just start back over. It's not hard. It's not complicated. Just spending a little time with Jesus. So the, the, and then the, the last part of this is just living a fruitful life. Just living a fruitful, a fruitful life that starts with the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. You want some good fruit to bear? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's some good spiritual fruit to kind of to kind of see. That's what he's that's what he's looking for. Galatians 5. It's the fruit of the Spirit. When the Spirit's working in your life, this fruit is going to come and it's just going to be a natural birth. It's just gonna, it's just gonna pop out. Service to God and others. Some other fruit. Service to God and others. Man, I feel condemned. Man, I haven't been serving anywhere. This fruit will be not because of a video announcement. This fruit will come out of your heart and go, man, how can I be of value to the kingdom of God? What can I do? What gift do I have that I can serve the church or serve the community and, and, and serve Jesus? Service to God and others. Part of a church community, you know? I think church family is important. I don't think you would always have to feel compulsion to go to church and guilt. I just think, man, there's a time that you come that you love God's house. Just the, the psalmist said, I just want to be in the temple of the Lord to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. You know, there's just a time that you love God's house and that you want to be in God's house. And it's not compulsion from anyone or encouragement from anyone, but just seeing God's people, being in God's presence, hearing God's word. That's just kind of a a, a, a fruit, it's not mandated, it's just, man, there's this hunger. I just want to be in church on Sunday, and if you miss, you know, there are times that that, that that happens, but there's just something in your heart that goes, man, I just miss being in church. I just miss being in church. Giving, giving, sharing your faith. Man, there's just some fruit. There's just some fruit that's born, and when we're connected, when we're connected to the vine, it doesn't have to be mandated. It's just a fruit when we're connected that just happens organically. It just starts to occur in our life. And then, and then one other thing I just want to mention. I think it's verse 5. He says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither, you can, bear <clears throat> Neither can you bear fruit unless it remain in me. I want to say to those in leadership, all right, there's a responsibility for those in leadership to stay connected to the vine, Okay. There's a responsibility that we have because we are connecting to other people. There's a responsibility that we have to stay close to Jesus because of the position that we have and that we are leading others down that path as well, okay? So there's a joy to ministry. There's a spotlight that comes with ministry. There's influence that comes with ministry. But also there's a responsibility back to God when we have those offices at well as well. So I just want to I just want to mention that to you. I just want to mention that to you. I, I was just thinking over <clears throat> my life in relation to this passage and <clears throat> excuse me and fruitfulness and you know um, looking over <clears throat> excuse me looking over like my life I've been serving God for a long time, been in the ministry a long time. <clears throat> didn't always, you know, didn't start that way. What you see here, well, there's a backstory, you know, too as well. And, you know, like, I'm, I mean, I'm raised in church, you know, from a kid. I mean, that's all I remember. And some of you have that same memory. Your earliest memories were church, 
You know, like my earliest memories were of children's church, going to kids' church. Now, children's church back then compared to today, it was terrible, okay? It was just terrible. Got an old uh, shower curtain pulled across, got socks on people's hands and buttons sewed for the, for the puppets. I mean, good Lord, that was terrible. But we didn't know, we didn't know any better. We didn't know, you just went. And then you find out one day, you know, you're too old to go in children's church. But you can go in the adult service. And that was big time, you know, when you got to go to big church. Big church. But then, you know, you realize after your first 20 minutes in big church, you might have jumped the ship too quick. You might want to be back in kids' church, you know, like. So when I'm a kid, you know, like, we had the hymnal. You know, you sang out the hymnal. Now, at school, you learn to read. You go from line one to line two to line three. But in hymnal singing, it's a different world there, isn't it? You know, you got four stanzas. You sing line one. Then you go to line five. Then you go down to line 11. Then you sing a chorus and you look at it, but it's got words all at the same time. I would have been a great worshiper if I could have figured out the worship code as a child. Jeez. Always raised in church. Always, always my, my memory. Sunday night, time to go to church. It's Holy Spirit night. Remember that? Remember that? And I'd want to go, no, it's not. It's Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom Night. It's Wonderful World of Disney Night. You know, no, we go to church. I would have been much closer to nature if my mother would have let me watch Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom. But that didn't happen. Go to church. It's Holy Spirit Night. Nobody in our church had any faith. I mean, it took hours for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What are they doing up there? God, fill them. God, God, you know, fill them with the Holy Spirit and do it quickly. It took hours, long services. You remember those? Remember those? Sitting with your mother. Your mother would start bribing you with candy to keep you to behave. Remember that? She's going through a purse, got two old certs and a multivitamin. That's all mine ever had. <laughs> that ran out quick. They start feeding you. Then they try to entertain you, pull out paper and pen, drawing on stuff till that's bored, boring. Then, then it came punishment. Remember that? In the era of the pews, they couldn't see what was going on below. So did your mother ever pinch you in church? You ever pinch you? Yeah, yeah. But look at all holy because on this hand, she got her hand raised. She's letting you have it down here. And nobody can see anything any different. But years later, sitting on the back row as a teenager. Been raised in church my whole life. Okay. <clears throat> For whatever the message, I don't even know what was going on that night. Something clicked in my heart. It might have been years in children's church, that seed being planted, coming to church, being faithful. I didn't want to go. I don't know if God ever gave me credit. I, I went. I had to. But while I was there, I'm hearing. I'm feeling God's presence. I'm sensing God. I might not have wanted to be there. I might have had a bad attitude. But I, but I gave my heart to the Lord. Came down. Wanted to kneel at the altar. Wanted to do that. Couldn't make it. My knees buckled. And this boy, man, I, I fell down on my face. I had an experience with Jesus. I'm just telling you. I'd been around this thing a whole lot. Heard every song, every sermon there was a life change that went on with me. There was something that happened in my life. And when I got up, and everybody's salvation experience is different, but when I got up, I was a new person, okay? 
I was a new person. Some people kind of walk more gradually, and that's fine. Your experience is not my experience. But for me, that day, I was a new man when I got up. 45 minutes later when I got up, I was a new man, okay? I just started walking out this journey, all right? Didn't know, didn't know a lot about it. My family was in church, but I didn't know about this personal walk with the Lord. But uh, all I knew was that I just wanted to spend time with Jesus, okay? That's all, that's all I knew. All I had was a little old King James Bible that my grandfather had given me, all right? Old King James, all the these and thous. I'm, I'm 17 years old, okay? All the old English, and it's a small Bible, you know, written in like a two font. I mean, you can't, you can't even hardly read it. Only 17-year-olds can read that font. But I didn't care. I just wanted to... I just wanted to read God's word because I just love the Lord. Nobody told me this is what you need to do. I just couldn't imagine going through the day and not, not reading. When I realized Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were all the same book, that was the huge, a huge revelation to me. Like, wow, that's the same stuff. I wonder if anybody else knows that. I just read. We didn't have all the worship music that we have today. We had no internet. It was just the radio and the and the albums. And our radio and our Christian radio station, they preached all day. It was all preaching all day. No music. No music. So I'm looking around the house. <clears throat> all we've got at the house is a couple of Happy Goodman's uh, records, okay? Southern Gospel, that's all we had. That's all we had. But I didn't care. I didn't care because I just wanted to worship. So I'd put those uh, Southern Gospel LPs on, and I would just sing with Vestal Goodman. Some of you don't even know who that is. Some of you know who it is. And me and Vestal, we would sing, set another place at the table, find another place on the roll. And I would just be in my room, and I would just be worshiping God. I would just be weeping, just be reading God's word. You know, because I loved him, just because I loved him. I want to tell you, when your spiritual life comes where you have to be compelled, you know, by someone else, that can be a sign of a problem. It's supposed to, this is organic. It comes, our service and our love and our devotion comes because we love Jesus. Because we love Jesus, not because we feel any other way. Worship team, you can come. You can come. And I want to tell you, this was a long time before I ever felt called to preach. It was a long time before I ever preached a sermon, okay? I just had this passionate love for the Lord, and I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be connected. I wanted to be connected to Him. So almost every day after school, it's me and my little old King James trying to figure out the words. What are they talking about? And the Happy Goodmans singing in the background. And I want to tell you that that may sound odd to a 17-year-old today, but I just want you to know it was life to me back then. It was life to me back then. There's so much when it comes to our devotional life and how we connect with the Lord that's probably better or easier or more flexible today, all right? So long before I preached a sermon, so I want you to know, because some of you think that all cool spiritual experiences come to preachers and I'm saying no but it does come to the hungry it does come to the hungry it does come to those man who just love they just love Jesus they just love Jesus I want to just say to the church let's don't miss our love he said in one letter come back to your first love who did he say that to 
to a church, to a church that kind of moved on and they had forgotten their connection to the vine. Life changed. Man, I've been serving God for a long time. Not long after that, I felt a call to the ministry that I felt so inadequate for. But I knew that's how I wanted to serve the Lord. God, I don't feel qualified at all. I'm not very smart. I don't have all the, you know, the knowledge of others. But Lord, if that's something you want me to do, I'll do it. And I just started walking down that path. I just started walking that path. I'll leave it up to the Lord. Whether my spiritual life has been fruitful or not, I'll leave that up to the Lord. Okay. But I want you to know, and I pray this prayer a lot. Lord, I don't want to fade at the finish. You know, I don't want to be the vine that in earlier years, man was producing fruit, but for whatever reason at the end, it became unfruitful. Lord, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. I I want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. Probably five weeks ago, I I was on the front row. It's kind of unusual, like, for all of my girls to be in church together. They work and they serve. So they'd even made mention, hey, we're all in service together. You know, now he's on the front row, and I just looked back. And in just a moment, all my girls, you know, they had their hands lifted. And they were worshiping God. I want to tell you something. Man, I was just so thankful for this life. I'm so thankful, just so thankful, you know, for what God has done for me, you know, and I just, I look back, is every, is every day smooth? Is every day roses? Is every day easy as a believer? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not, you know, but I want to just say something. Stay faithful and stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. He's the one that saved us. He's the one that redeemed us. You cannot substitute the church for your walk with Jesus. The church will not give you the sustenance that you're you're looking for something from the church, what it's not designed to do. We gotta go back. We gotta go back to Jesus. We gotta be connected. We gotta be connected to Jesus. And I just wanna tell you, be as fruitful as you can. Let God prune. Walk through those pruning seasons. Handle them. God's got something in store for you, but I promise you at the end, you'll look back and you'll give thank, you'll thank God in heaven for the life that He that He has given you. Okay. All right. Remain in me. 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 Stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected. We sang this song earlier, and I want you to stand. It just says, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. If you're here this morning, maybe there's some distance in your walk with God. Maybe there's some unfruitfulness that's occurred, a season of unfruitfulness. Maybe you're not where you should be. This morning with the Lord, if the Holy Spirit, if God's speaking to you today to maybe kind of reconnect in a greater way, As we sing this in worship, I want you to feel free to come and pray. Others will come and pray. And there's no judgment. There's no judgment. We just all want to live fruitful lives for the kingdom of God. Sing it this morning. So can we just take a moment as believers, okay? Maybe it's been a good season for your spiritual life and you feel like you're doing well. Maybe it's a season in your spiritual life. You're going, hey, wow. Man, my life right now is not where I want it to be spiritually. Maybe there's some things going on in your life. Maybe there's not really anything bad. It's just not a fruitful time, okay? So I'm not throwing a stone today. I'm just saying, hey, let's just connect back. Can we just take a moment? Everybody just talk to Jesus this morning. Can you just connect with Jesus? Some of you need to start back over again. That's fine. Some of you just need to ask some forgiveness. Maybe you've strayed, you kind of drifted. Your spiritual life right now is not where you intended it for it to be. 
I'm just going to be quiet. Can we just connect with Jesus this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Just come back fresh again. And, and then, like, if you need to just start with some repentance, just do it. Just do it. Lord, I've strayed. Lord, I've, I haven't been focused. I've let other things. I've kind of, I just kind of let my spiritual life float. Thank you, Lord. Just, just start back over again. Let's just come back to Jesus again. Come back to the cross again. Let's just, as the church, as lovers of Jesus, let's just kind of start back over. Let's reconnect. What's in the past is in the past. We can't change that, but we can start new, wanting to bear fruit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. I am the vine and you are the branches. Remain in me and I in you. And you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and that is withered. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done. Why? Because there's a relational closeness that happens there. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit and by that showing yourselves to be my disciples. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.